0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 163 for July 12th, 2009. Exclusivity agreements under fire, CDMA Tours, and Google CEO using a BlackBerry. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kapis. And first today, thanks to our sponsor, Netflix. Help support The Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial of Netflix. Plans starting at $4.99 per month with over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Free shipping both ways. Free delivery in about one business day. Cancel anytime and as a bonus to your DVDs, you can watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of The Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a free trial of Netflix well this week the Netflix movie that I chose to rent was one called 310 to Yuma now I uh, I, I'm not a big western fan but I I have to say that this was one that I was you know in looking at the reviews I I figured that it would be kind of a neat one to watch and I, I did definitely enjoy it it's one of those one of those movies that you just I don't know you kind of feel like you're part of the old west when you get to watch these so that was kind of my choice of movies for this week from Netflix Yeah, and this week, Mickey, I uh, pulled up uh,
1: Murder, She Wrote on the uh, Roku player, just something to uh, lighthearted murder mystery, you know, from the uh, boy went from like 15 years that show was on. So some late 80s, I believe this particular season one, but it's just awesome. You'll just pop in there quick, uh, you know, hit the button, it it buffers up real quick and you're, you're watching it just instantaneously. I just I love that little device.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have the Roku, of course, you can watch some of it over the internet. I have, uh, for whatever reason, gotten a, a hankering for the family guys lately, and so I've been watching some of the family guys over the internet. That's been kind of fun. Oh, they have that on there now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they've wow. got some, cool. certain seasons. I, didn't
1: even, I haven't even seen that yet. Yeah, they they keep adding them just as fast as you can watch them, basically, and I, I just read they're going to start... They have uh, that basically that streaming service like the Roku in a few different uh, game consoles right now and a few different, uh, I think, Blu-ray players. Uh, but they're also, I just read they're going to add it to a, I can't remember if it was a Sony TV or, or a couple different models TVs that's going to be built into the TV. So that's really slick.
0: Yeah, just the ability to be able to watch it kind of wherever you are, which when you've got an internet connection is just a, a great thing. And of course, you know, to get the DVDs so quickly, it's just such a fantastic service. So we, we do love them having a, them as a sponsor.
1: Yeah, and I actually have streamed it, uh, streamed the, uh, the, the Netflix service over uh, EVDO Rev without any problem.
0: Yeah, it it works pretty well. I mean, it'll buffer a little bit longer than if you're on a standard connection, of course, but, you know. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, My uh, Centro does it, but it's a little rough. I don't know if the Centro can transfer
1: full EVDO speed even.
0: Hmm, Ah, that could be. Well, anyway, check them out if you haven't. We certainly do appreciate them having them and appreciate you for signing up with a free trial with them. Uh, Link in the show notes, of course. Well, we recorded this week The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, show number 25, and this was a show that was completely dedicated to how you can take advantage of my trip, my international trip that I made a couple of weeks ago, and what you need to know while you're traveling internationally. So we went through a post that I had written where I went through four different devices and multiple different services uh, that I had used while I was traveling. And they included the Dell Mini 9 Netbook, the iPhone 3GS, the Nokia E75, the BlackBerry Pearl Sprint BlackBerry 8830, some Richard Solo batteries, uh, as well as having access to the Orange Pay-As-You-Go service while I was in the UK, and the Max MaxRome service while I was traveling through both Ireland and England and just kind of talked about tying everything together and what it all means. So if you're interested in learning more about traveling internationally, uh, this week's unlocked show, that's number twenty-five, is definitely a must listen because we it, it took a it took a long time to put it all together, but it's definitely it's definitely good. So check that one out. Well, we've got a lot of news today. Uh, we first off wanted to start out with a story that hit a lot of the different news services, and that was that Google's CEO, Eric Schmidt, was seen uh, using a BlackBerry. This was at a convention out in, I believe it was Idaho, where uh, basically a business retreat of uh, a lot of high-level executives, and the business insider uh, had taken this picture of him peeking through a window, holding a laptop in one hand, and holding a what appears to be BlackBerry 8900 device snapping a picture of all the media outside with this device. And uh, there were a lot of people who went off about how this was such a, a travesty that the CEO of Google was not using his own product. And, uh, I, you know, th- th- I don't feel that this is necessarily that big of a deal. It's not a big deal at all. Of course he's using a BlackBerry. Of course he is. Think about it.
1: Uh, I mean, he's th- there's one one Android device that we have here in the U S and it's only on one carrier. And, you know, quite frankly, it's still a very new O S and it's not targeted towards enterprise to begin with. And, you know, being a CEO, he is an enterprise user. He needs the reliable push email and he needs a a network where he can probably get three G in more places than he can currently on T-Mobiles, unfortunately. Uh, it, it just doesn't. It this argument or this this question of why is using a BlackBerry just makes no sense because you know it's a large corporation that needs you know easy management enterprise tools and that's what BlackBerry provides. I mean, uh, we we don't have that with Android. You just don't. I mean, it's not possible. You know, but on the, you know on the other hand, Microsoft Windows Mobile, you can get that on any device, on any network, with any capabilities, and there is a lot more to the management you know based on the active directory and the exchange uh, settings that you can do so i mean that's much that's much more corporate friendly and and of course they should be using microsoft based os devices at microsoft but it doesn't make any sense for google just none whatsoever
0: yeah and i mean you could go and you could say he should be using something that has google products on it like you know the palm pre but is that really the device that is you know what he should be using either i don't know if that's you know no
1: absolutely not and and you know full well this blackberry that he's shown using uh you know you can kind of see a google sticker on the back Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense to me but you you, what you probably didn't see was the android you know t-mobile uh device that's in his other hand because he probably does in fact use that but uh but you know you you can't it's just not enterprise
0: ready and and i'm not sure why anybody would think otherwise Yeah, it's, it is kind of silly. Of course, he uses a BlackBerry, as you said, I mean, that's, you know, he is a businessman, and he needs to get business done. So that's, you know, what he's doing. Anyway, uh, Amazon launched a wireless phones website this week, and it's at amazonwireless.com. The new website will focus solely on selling cell phones and wireless services to AT&T and Verizon Wireless. It offers 120 phone models for the two carriers with free two-day shipping on most of the models. AmazonWireless.com will also automatically deduct rebates so you can avoid uh, the mailing in of rebate forms, which is a fantastic uh, thing for them. Also, customers can shop for phones by carrier, phone feature, price, color, and brand. The purchasing process will guide users through the selection of devices, plans, and additional features. Amazon also said that it would be testing different features during the beta period of AmazonWireless.com. It is owned and operated by Amazon and not Amazon's affiliates. And currently there's AT&T and Verizon on there. No other, uh,
1: No Sprint or T-Mobile.
0: So you got to be definitely looking for a specific device with one of those two carriers. But it's good that I guess they started out with with those two. I mean, they both have over 70 million subscribers. Uh, each of them does. So they have, you know, the majority of the wireless subscribers in the country between those two. So, you know, it, it does make sense that they went with those. But uh, very interesting, though, if you're looking for a new phone, make sure you're checking that out because at the very least, you're going to be able to save yourself the hassle of going through the mail-in rebate process. Well, Motorola this week made an announcement that they would be making further cuts to the mobile division. Uh, Those affected are all from the Libertyville, Illinois facility. 75 layoffs are planned for the end of July. So more bad news on the the Motorola front.
1: Yeah, Mickey, we continue to see cuts, and I I don't think we're going to see much more innovation from Motorola. There's not going to be any staff left to uh,
0: make anything up. Yeah, I think that's the truth, unfortunately. While well, the Department of Justice is in preliminary stages of examining companies such as AT&T and Verizon to determine if the massive growth they've achieved recently has led to anti-competitive behavior. Citing people familiar with the matter, the Wall Street Journal says that the Department of Justice is concerned that the power wielded by companies such as AT&T and Verizon may have been having detrimental effects on smaller competitors and the consumer. The DOJ said that it would examine in particular the idea of exclusive handset agreements between carriers and handset manufacturers, as well as any limitations that may have been placed on the services that are offered by the carriers. The review is not a formal investigation, and the Wall Street Journal sources indicated that they did not know if an actual investigation was going to be opened. Now, this goes back to uh, something that we've kind of been discussing on and off over the last few months. And that's, you know, whether or not a, a specific handset should be an exclusive device to one particular carrier or not. And when you look at how a manufacturer wants to get that handset out, a lot of times they want it to be kind of the, uh, we'll just call it the, the shining star of that particular provider. So in the case of, you know, Apple and the iPhone, of course, they chose a company like AT&T, who would basically put its entire weight behind this one phone and say, yes, this is the, the one phone that we want everyone to have have kind of the flagship, if you will. Not the one that's that's the best for everybody, but the one that you know we hope to get in, in a lot of our customers' hands. You look at the Pre and how much Palm worked closely with Sprint to make sure that they could get that device out and uh, make a big splash with it. Of course, T-Mobile and the G1 blackberry and the storm with verizon these are all types of what we're talking about where you've got this exclusivity with the one carrier that really kind of causes people to think about whether or not it's going to be you know is this right for them as the consumer yeah
1: and the features that 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 the manufacturers want on the device and the os they're limited on what they can do based on the the carrier because you know something like visual voicemail wouldn't have been possible uh, if the if if Apple de- designed the iPhone around the GSM specification, for example, for AT and T, there's no such thing as visual voicemail. They had to actually de- co-develop it with them in order to to, to create that feature. Um, so this, you know, that's where some of these extra, you know, deals kind of why why they why they get forged because otherwise Apple would have just said, okay, we'll just sell this device unlocked and and out there for anybody to grab, um, which they probably could have. I mean, they could have probably have done that, but in the current market. You just can't because you need the carrier subsidies. You need the carrier uh, partnership with the device in order to get all of the tweaks for the network and to make it, you know, the the best for that network. And I'm not sure how how that's going to change anytime soon based on our current model.
0: Yeah, and and it will be. Interesting what this, and, and granted, like we said, this is not a formal investigation. It's just a review. So it will be interesting to see what this review turns up and if they decide to, to move it forward or if it just stands at, uh, you know, they, they, don't, they don't agree with what the carriers are doing.
1: What I thought was especially interesting about the report was that they, uh, they, they specifically mentioned the, uh, the, the types of competing services uh, were being looked at, including the, uh, the curbs on voice over internet calling. From the smartphones with third-party applications, so how the carriers restrict the use of Skype, for example, or, um, for example, the uh, the Apple restricting the use of probably the, uh, the the TV service, the the Sling box, that is being looked at specifically, which is absolutely excellent um, for the consumer.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, you know, we look at the calls that are done over Skype, and even on a computer, uh, at the very most here. We're we're doing Joey and I do a video call for the show every week and uh we're talking about, about sixty kilobits per second are being streamed, which is I believe about or six yeah, yeah, kilob is it kilobytes? K large B kilobytes? Yeah. So that's what, about 500 or so kilobits per second, I guess we would say, about a half a meg. So, And that's on the high end. Now, if you drop that down and you do a, just a, a simple voice call over Skype, you're, you're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to maybe eight kilobytes per second. So it, it's, it's very, very low, uh, the amount of data that's being used. And it's definitely not taxing the network at all. In fact, if you think about, you know, the number of people who use, you know, web browsing and, and email and stuff like that, a, a stream of voice over IP is, is essentially nothing. It's not going to harm the network.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only issue with it is obviously prioritization of the packets. Uh, you know, your Skype call won't be that good if there's network congestion and it's it's you've got a high latency for the, the packets. Um, which this is, it, it is very interesting to see this because, you know, this brings us back, we've talked about this, uh, quite a while back, Mickey is the, uh, the invention of the, the, the whatever the act was, uh, the legislation that allowed people to plug in any telephone into their home telephone jack, uh, 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 you know, telephones that they could buy at the store from any other vendor who made a telephone to network specifications, uh, because it, it traditionally, uh, way back, you had to buy the telephone or or lease the telephone from your telephone company. Um, and until that happened where you could plug any other device into your telephone network, um, there was no, you know, fax machines, modems, any of that stuff would not have existed because it wasn't possible to connect up to your home network. So we're just getting one, you know, another step here into this, uh, into this. And, you know, Mickey, you bring up the point to, you know, we're having the Skype call right now um you know i know my cable company uh has a voice option a telephone replacement option what if they got wise to this uh skype calling thinking well that's cutting cutting into our business of our telephone resales why don't we just stop providing skype yeah they can't because they because they're providing internet service but the cell phone carriers uh
0: they can and they do obviously yeah and it's you know so why, you know, and I, under, I understand the idea behind you know not wanting to have people you know using less minutes, and they're because they're then they're going to lose revenue because people are going to have a, a you know less phone plan. But honestly, it's it, it's something that where something is going to have to give uh, to make this where more and more people are taking advantage of Skype, not only because it's a clear choice in being able to communicate with people, but it's also uh, very effective and it's usable pretty much anywhere um yeah the revenue side is the big thing and that's where the hangup is going to be and unfortunately that's where it sits so um you know at&t has uh, come out and they've spoken against uh the panel who is reviewing the anti-competitive behaviors and uh, James uh, cosoni is an AT&T executive that wrote a statement saying that U.S. wireless prices are much lower than in any other industrialized country. And he stated that text messaging prices have dropped almost 70% since January of 2007, as most people are served by at least three, if not sometimes five or six wireless carriers in their area. And uh, on some of the specific issues, uh, they stated that uh, AT&T um, has, a, has a better the better of the argument and that the review um, is uh, probably not going to warrant any additional steps. So I this is, you know, that's AT&T's view on it at least. Well, and that uh, would be their view because if obviously they don't want to be investigated for
1: antitrust violations uh, and uh, they've got a lot of lobbying power where they can, uh, you know, kind of get that word out there and, and make people believe that as well.
0: Yeah. So anyway, they're gonna throw up any facts and figures, of course, that support the fact that they're not putting in any sort of anti competitive, you know, uh, you know, roadblocks in front of things that allow people or force people to go one way or another. But I mean, bottom line, if you want some of these high end smartphones, you're gonna have to go to, you know, one carrier or another. And that's just the bottom line, there's there's no possible way to get around it. So Anyway but we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor that one because it's very interesting and very much at the the forefront of the types of things that we follow so well Sprint and Verizon are stated to have uh, the Uh, have revealed that they will be adding Wi-Fi to all Blackberries into the future. The plans to add Wi-Fi to the BlackBerry tour starting in 2010, as well as all future smartphones. Sprint did not exactly say when the requirement would be reflected across the entire lineup of devices, but that Wi-Fi is definitely on the way. Verizon Wireless also admitted that it will begin adding Wi-Fi to the BlackBerry lineup in the future, but of course, no time frame. Wi-Fi is absent on all of the current devices that are provided by them uh, on the BlackBerry side, so that includes the current 9630 Tour and the 9530 Storm. Sprint announced this week a new deal with Ericsson giving the day-to-day operational control of the wireless networks to Ericsson. The deal with uh, Sprint is calling Network Advantage will transfer 6,000 Sprint employees over to Ericsson who will then use Ericsson's networking knowledge base to operate and maintain both the CDMA and IDEN networks. Sprint says that it will retain full strategic control over the networks and retains the ability to pick and choose the vendors that it thinks work best for the network. Ericsson will use Sprint's diverse assets to better manage the networks and provide back-end support, the deal will last for 7 years and Sprint will see between 4.5 and 5 billion dollars from Ericsson for their services. The move is meant to help Sprint focus better on what it calls core competencies, including revolutionizing the customer experience as it's done with Ready Now, its value plans and delivering iconic, highly sought after products. Sprint did not provide details on how this affects its previous agreements concerning the operation. Of the wireless networks. Well, a PC World article went into how this deal is actually a boon for both companies. Of course, Sprint Nextel's $5 billion uh, from Ericsson promises to, of course, boost the company uh, with additional capital that will flow into it. And for Sprint, it will free the company to focus on the innovation. Ericsson will be the first, uh, this will be its first North American managed services agreement with any major carrier. And as such, the deal will give them the position or the chance to position themselves so it can sign other deals with other carriers within the north american region of course this is all speculation but it certainly does bring up a good point why are the carriers actually managing their networks what they're good at is of course developing the products and putting together plans and services for the consumer why don't you let the actual network people take care of the networks i guess is the question that we have to ask ourselves
1: well you know there's a you know a couple ways of looking at it because if, if if they don't if if ericsson trying to save money managing the network you know, a Sprint, for example, asks ask them to implement a certain feature, it's not in Ericsson's best interest to implement that feature as fast because it costs them money. So, you know, that's where the idea of having your own network where you can quickly make changes, you, can, you control all of it, there's no profit, you know, there's no margin being, you know, uh, taken off the top. Uh, so that's where it all started, obviously. And, of course, back when, you know, for example, Sprint started, there really wasn't much out there for PCS at the time, so you basically probably have to, you know, develop a lot of the uh, equipment yourself, almost, and specify it based on your needs as a as a particular customer.
0: Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great thing. Obviously, when a, a customer wants, you know, a phone, they want a phone. They don't really necessarily care about the network, and I find that. That what you know, what they're calling core competency of focusing on the customer is key for them. And I I think they've got the right idea by doing this. So we'll see it's a seven year deal. We'll see if it you know, it makes it through the entire thing. Like I said, uh, $5 billion, obviously a very good thing for Sprint uh, to be able to get that cash and uh, you know, keeping all the employees, it looks like all 6000 will be transferred over to Ericsson to maintain the network. So we'll, uh, we'll find out more about that as it steps forward. Well, stepping forward as T-Mobile has done with an LTE voice standard, they're hopping on what's called the VOLGA or voice over LTE via generic access this is participating uh, by participating in this uh, they are basically saying this is what is going to be used uh, as the voice protocol for their their network when they roll out LTE this is still a very open question when it comes to all the networks that are around the world moving over to LTE over the next few years and there is no one standard that people are are standardizing on uh, there's a lot of different options include everything from a SIP-based voiceover IP to uh, some of the other types of uh, legacy systems, such as uh, GSM or even UMTS. Uh, T-Mobile International, uh, moving to this VOLGA, could be the way of everyone else. Nokia Siemens has been working on its own proprietary standard that will be going head to head with this VOLGA. Uh, But currently, T-Mobile is the only network that's actively participating in that development. So again, one of these things where we'll just have to see what happens with it. Uh, But this could definitely be uh, the move forward that we needed to see what would happen on the voice side. We already know LTE is going to be a great thing for data, just has to have to decide what's going to work for voice. So well, Ready Mobile, which operates the Ready Mobile PCS and Trumpet Mobile brands throughout the U.S. using the Sprint network, has recently announced a new unlimited calling plan. Users can pay $10 to get three days of unlimited calling, $15 for seven days of unlimited calling, and text messaging or uh, text messaging bundles are included in the plans. Ready Mobile PCS offers unlimited weekend plans that start at $10. So, if you just need a phone for a few days at a time, Ready Mobile could be the great choice for you. Let's move on to some devices here. First off, on the Apple side, they have announced that your iPhone, while under warranty, uh, can be brought to any eight, or eight, excuse me any Apple store for a free screen replacement as long as you're under that warranty. Uh, this is a, a very, very good thing for those that have either dropped their phone and seen that, that glass screen shatter or maybe sat on it wrong or had something fall on it. If you're in that warranty period, you're going to be able to get that screen replaced for free at, a, at any Apple store. Uh, keep in mind, of course, if you're out of warranty, it's going to be a $200 replacement charge, so you may as well just be looking for a new phone at that point. Well, Telefonica and Palm have announced that the Palm Pre will be an exclusive to Telefonica in the uh, in excuse me, Spain, Germany, the UK, and Ireland. Uh, Telefonica is, I think, the parent company of O2, because what's uh, getting reported here is that O2 will be picking up, and this is a, a little bit fuzzy for me not being over- Uh, at that part of the world. So if someone understands this a little bit better, how those two are tied together, that'd be great. But what it looks like is that the the countries of Spain, Germany... The UK and Ireland will all be getting the Palm Prix and it will be on the O2 network. Uh, Europe continues to be an important region for Palm, and they're proud to work with O2 and Movistar to spread the excitement of the Palm Prix that's already, of course, started in the U.S. That's according to John Rubenstein of Palm, and they said he also said, since they've showed the Palm Prix at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona this past February, there's been a great deal of anticipation for an announcement about European availability and that day is now here. So you in the uh, the UK and other parts of Europe, you'll be able to get your palm pre very, very soon. T-Mobile announced the Touch Pro 2 this week, and they did it over Twitter. According to the T-Mobile underscore USA Twitter feed, they said, quote, Windows Mobile fans, HTC Touch Pro 2s are coming to a holster near you this summer. Of course, we've been rumoring that the Touch Pro 2 would be coming to T-Mobile sometime in early August. We don't know exactly a date of when that's going to be, but uh, this particular feed is known to be the official feed of T-Mobile here in the U.S., and it looks like it could be, uh, in fact, true. Well, the T-Mobile Dash 3G is now available online and in stores. If you're looking to pick up a Dash 3G, you can get it for an unsubsidized price of $350.00, with an instant discount bringing the cost of a two-year subsidized plan to $170 for your T-Mobile Dash 3G. The UK's Orange announced the Toshiba TG01. This is, of course, the first Snapdragon processor handset that's uh, come to the market. Running Windows Mobile 6.1 with that 1 gigahertz processor, it's got a 4.1-inch, 480 by 800 uh, pixel Uh, touchscreen with a 3.2 megapixel camera, 512 megs of ROM, 256 of RAM, micro SD card slot, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, a thousand milliamp hour battery, quad band edge, and 2100 megahertz for the HSPA with a GPS receiver inside it as well. It's a very high spec device and very nice looking. uh, But as we've read this week, it's been uh, under the, the reviews, been very, very poorly received. Apparently, there's a lot of sluggishness very unresponsiveness when you're using the device and you turn it to a landscape orientation. It takes almost five seconds for the screen to catch up with it. And for a device that's got a one gigahertz processor, this does not look good for Windows Mobile. So uh, keep that in mind as you're reviewing this device. Very highly spec'd, but looks like a little bit underperforming in uh, the, uh, the performance. So check those out in those videos. Well, evidence pointing towards the Touch Diamond 2 coming soon to Sprint. Apparently, there's uh, some information. Uh, people have been digging in to some of the the, uh, the the sites that are out there that offer some insight into Sprint and onto uh, the HTC or into HTC, and it shows that a new serial number of a Sprint Diamond that's out there with a very interesting uh, model number known as the Victor uh, C-R2 is supposedly coming to sprint, and that could be the Diamond 2. So we've been Following this one, and we'll continue to follow it as uh, we come out with probably release uh, here in the in the early fall, I would guess. On the BlackBerry side, the two new BlackBerries for the U.S. on the CDMA side came out today, July twelfth. The Tour 9630 was released for Sprint and Verizon, available at stores. And reports have seen that the Tour has been uh, popular. I had uh, someone that reported to me that they went to one particular Verizon store. And there was actually quite a line there, so they went to another one. And uh, while no line, got in and, of course, was told that uh, he was not eligible for the upgrade. Just recently bought a, a BlackBerry Curve. So he was sent away if, because he didn't want to pay the $500. Regular price, $500. Uh, instant savings of 200 and then a mail-in rebate of 100 So you walk out the door with the phone for $300 and you send in a $100 mail-in rebate. And uh, you can uh, pick one of those up, like I said, either at Verizon or Sprint. A couple of reviews that came out this week actually took the device through its paces and uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's uh, basically successor to the 8800 series. So if you've got an 8830 or an 8800, if you're on one of the GSM carriers, you're probably going to be liking this device, pretty much upgraded all the way around.
1: It's uh, interesting that the, the, the two pictures of, the, uh, of them side by side, the uh, AT&T one, looks uh, about a half inch taller. Well, that's the
0: bold. That's what that one is. Oh, that's the bold. Okay, because they look so similar. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. This is what they've done. They've taken it's pretty much an identical keyboard from the bold. Uh, Yes, they've taken the screen, which is actually a little looks to be a little bit bigger than the bold. I I think it may be um, uh, very similar to the one that's on the storm. But then they took the the styling of the storm and a little bit of the styling from the eighty nine hundred, and they kind of made this new device. It's kind of the one the. The stormy, boldy, curvy phone. Yeah, it's, it's like they kind of they they are blending all of these phones together, and so they're coming out with just different iterations, basically of the same thing.
1: Uh, yep, yep. And I wasn't paying attention to the uh, to the uh, the story that well there. So it's um yeah, it's totally the bold, and uh, <laughs> it's it's it, it's extremely similar the design of it, and the keyboards. Ex- you know, basically the same thing. It's yeah, it's almost the same device. I'm kind of surprised that the um uh that the screen looks like it's recessed a little bit on the uh the tour
0: it looks yeah maybe a little bit i don't think it's going to be all that noticeable though um if you look at some of the side profile shots i mean it's just just barely just barely there. Yeah, just on
1: that top edge. Yeah, yeah
0: just on the top edge. Um, you know, like I said, the early reviews that have come in on of it said that, you know, it's definitely the best CDMA BlackBerry that's out there. Uh, whether or not you want Wi-Fi may make your decision a little bit easier because you're not going to be able to get it on either of these CDMA devices. Uh, obviously, that's something that we've just talked about a few minutes ago that they're going to be doing in all future versions of their Blackberries. But, um, you know, it's probably worth your upgrade if you're looking to get, a, you know, a much upgraded BlackBerry. Now, a technical uh, keyboard question here. You're very familiar with the 8830
1: keyboard. You Mm -hmm. used it for a long time. You just used it with Sprint with your review unit in uh, Europe, and you've got your curve right now with a dramatically different keyboard uh, from the 8830 series, and this keyboard here on the tour, it's basically, to me, it looks just like the 8830 keyboard, the way it's designed. Uh, What do you think?
0: I think it's, you know, and I've tried the Bold, too, and that's the thing. I, I think it... I think what they did with the eighty-eight hundred to the the bold series, so that nine thousand, um, with the keyboard is that they they took a look at what the eighty-eight hundred was and they said, okay, it's good, but the the curve seems to have done a little bit better. So they they've tweaked the keys ever so slightly, and I think they've done something better. I like the I like the the curve actually better than I like the eighty-eight hundred, which I never thought I would say. But, uh, you know, after using the Curve for now, I guess I've had it for, what, six months or seven months or something like that. I've really come accustomed to, you know, the the feel of it. And when I went back to that 8830, I actually had a little bit harder time typing on that than I thought I would. I, I always thought that was like the gold standard. So I, I maybe it just depends on what you're used to. If you're used to that little bit bigger of a layout, maybe this, you know, the, the, the tour will be the one for you, um, you know, or maybe not. Maybe it's uh, just the you know, something where once you get used to one like the curve, then it's, you know, this is not going to be good. But I don't know, I can I can easily pop back and forth between them all. I, I love the new curves, absolutely love them. The 8900, I think, has a fantastic keyboard. So maybe that's just, you know, that's just me and that's my style. And again, it's not, you know, not a one size fits all thing by any means. Uh, so... There's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of people getting their hands on them this week and so I I really am hoping to hear some information from people as they take a look at these devices and and really get an idea uh, out on how they're functioning because uh, it it looks really really good. It's something that the Verizon and Sprint people have just been clamoring for forever.
1: Yeah, cuz I've got I've got an 8830 that's uh probably, you know, time for uh, an upgrade here somewhat soon, so I'm kind of curious exactly how uh, uh how these uh devices fair
0: mm-hmm. yeah you, you know keep uh you know keep an eye out on the the forums to see if you know what the memory is like uh you know sometimes with that newer software i think it's the the 4.6 and above it can be a little sluggish it's like they're they're getting to the point now with the blackberry os where they're changing some things and it's not quite as quick as one would hope um the the processor on it i believe is uh, just ever so slightly slower than the one that's on the uh, on the bold. The bold has got that 624 megahertz processor, and I believe the tour's got one that's about 500, maybe about 525 somewhere in there. So it's a little bit slower. So you you may see a little bit performance difference if you're coming from the bold. Uh, so keep that in mind. But uh, still EVDO Rev so you're not going to be able to do simultaneous voice and data. That's a CDMA limitation. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, if you're familiar with you know how the devices work uh, on the Sprint and Verizon networks, it's going to be very similar, and I think very much a nice upgrade for you. So I, I definitely recommend it uh, until I hear otherwise from other you know problems that people are having. You know, but it does a nice job. Uh, they've you know put in that that micro USB uh, charging port as well, so that's you know becoming the standard for BlackBerrys now. Three point five millimeter headset jack. It's got uh, you know the the built-in uh, or it's got a micro SD slot for expansion and all that stuff. So it's out there. You can take a look at it and uh, hopefully make a decision if that's right. Or, if you want to wait a little bit, the BlackBerry Onyx may be the next device that's coming down the pike. Also known as the BlackBerry 9020 with the codename of Onyx is a very similar device to the Tour and the Bold, with the exception that it's got an optical trackpad on it. So they've, they've taken out the scroll ball that you've got right in the middle of the device and they've put an optical trackpad. Uh, some additional pictures came out this week for it. So if you're interested, link in the show notes to see what this one is all about. The Blackberry 9550 could be known as the Storm 2. Information to the boy genius stating that the Storm 2 is due out later this year from Verizon and possibly even Vodafone. The specifications look something like CDMA and EVDO Rev Quad Band GSM and Edge, single band UMTS uh, 2100 MHz, Wi-Fi b and g, 3.2 megapixel camera, 360 by 480 resolution display and the OS 5.0. So that could be uh, could be something that we see here before too long, uh, but it would be definitely on the Verizon network. Nokia announced the ruggedized 3720. This is a classic device with a rugged monoblock styling to it that can withstand drops, vibration, and has an IP-54 rating against moisture and dust. It's got 900, 1800, and 1900 MHz tri-band GSM and Edge on it with a 2 megapixel camera, flash, FM radio, Bluetooth 2.1, flashlight, and extended battery life available in selected markets in the third quarter. Now this may sound like a seemingly uh, pretty basic phone, but this one really got a lot of coverage on some, uh, some viral video sites this week as people were taking this device and doing all sorts of different things to it, dropping it off of buildings. Uh, throwing it running it over (laughs) i mean it was just unbelievable what this thing could withstand so take a look at the nokia 3720 if you're looking for a gsm rugged phone Well, this week, HTC shared some previously unknown details about the forthcoming MyTouch 3G. From the software standpoint, there are three things setting it apart from the standard Android platform. First is, of course, the Sherpa application. This allows users to search for things that are nearby. It also learns user preferences and includes location data to generate a profile for what to suggest depending on where users are and what they've searched for in the past. The MyTouch 3G will also include the Apps Pack, The Apps Pack is essentially going to be an application or widget that features the newest, hottest, and latest applications that are in the Android market. It will also constantly refresh and offer new suggestions to end users on what they may want to download. Last is Work Email. The MyTouch will be endowed with an email client uh, that only interfaces with Microsoft Exchange servers. This means that there will be three email clients on the MyTouch 3G, one for Gmail one for POP and IMAP, and one for exchange accounts. HTC indicated that the services will not be offered on the G1, which also runs Android. While those are some interesting points, Uh, T-Mobile came out this week and said that the MyTouch will offer a two-year warranty. The warranty period on most handsets is typically 90 days from the uh, the carrier and a year from the manufacturer. This one will be up to two years. So it'll last as long as the consumers contract and customers will be able to exchange non-working devices if they ever have a problem with it. So nice news there from T-Mobile if you're looking to get yourself that MyTouch 3G. Well, T-Mobile also uh, announced and confirmed that the Hero will not be coming to the US on their network. Speaking at an event in New York City, The chief technology officer, Cole Broadman, stated that the company has no plans to bring the hero to the US market, instead, of course, focusing on the MyTouch 3G. Well, T Mobile UK had some changes in mind and it dubbed the hero the G2. Uh, On the T-Mobile official Twitter feed, they announced that they can confirm that the HTC Hero will now be known as the T-Mobile G2 Touch, and it will be planned for launch later this month. So those in the UK, that's what you're going to be looking for if you want to get your Android device. Orange finally launching the LG GD910 watch phone. Of course, a very Dick Tracy-looking device that uh, has been uh, gotten a lot of attention in its high price tag and high features, about a 1,000 pounds if you want to pick one of these up on a pay-as-you-go plan SIM only. Uh, this one is going to be an exclusive to Orange for a limited time, and uh, you can use this one, of course, to make and receive phone calls as well as listen to music.
1: Well, with the miniaturization we've had of, of phones, Mickey, even, you know, five years ago, some of the, the small GSM, like that little teeny Nokia, I am surprised we haven't seen this sooner.
0: You know, I, I still don't think that that's, you know, what I would want as a phone, though. I mean, you're pretty much either going to be relegated to speakerphone or a Bluetooth headset Bluetooth. all yep. the time. And I I don't know. That just, it still doesn't, isn't you know, doesn't quite speak to me. So, um no pun intended I, I, underst- there. I understand that that's uh that, of course
1: it's an extremely valid point because yeah you just can't grab it and talk on it but again I, it, it's
0: it, it is fascinating i guess whatever gd 910 <laughs> from lg <laughs> lg this week also released a teaser press release about the um- upcoming chocolate phone the dice will, the device will be the fourth phone in the black label line of fashion phones Based on the partial photos of the device revealed by LG, it's a candy bar style phone and will have more details available in August. The next generation chocolate is expected to launch uh, the first of three versions. Here will be sold possibly on Verizon Wireless, however they have not indicated which carrier may sell the newer versions. Motorola says hello to the Rocker ZN50. Uh, This is a handset that looks to be uh, confined to South Korea at the moment, but yet nonetheless a very neat-looking device. Uh, WCDMA 2100 HSDPA, 7.2 megabits per second, with tri-band GSM on 900, 1800, and 1900. It's got a 3.2-megapixel camera, uh, a HD sound system, GPS, microSD, uh, HC card slot, uh, 900 milliamp hour battery and, uh, other features as well. So, uh, nice, uh, nice looking device if you're into some of the other Motorola devices, but, uh, nothing, uh, nothing exceptional except for that HD sound. I wonder if that can play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever that means. Sonny Erickson C nine zero five a could be coming to, uh, AT&T here within the next week. July 19th looks to be the date that AT&T could be picking up the device. This device has got an 8-megapixel camera with autofocus, xenon flash, and 30 frames per second QVGA video recording, as well as GSM, Edge, HSDPA, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and GPS. So definitely the Photogs phone if you're looking to pick one up. Like I said, AT&T looks to be July 19th if everything comes to true with the rumors. HTC reportedly is moving to the 3.5 millimeter headset jacks on all future phones. Uh, This one came to us from a post over at Mobile Crunch stating that beginning with the hero, HTC is moving away from the user requirement of moving or having to use the um, mini USB or I think it's X-USB port on their HTC devices to listen to music and plug-in headsets. Of course, the vast majority of devices that are out there now are using the 3.5mm jack, so this is nothing new to the industry, just to HTC. Hopefully, this is true, though, because obviously HTC, one of the very few that hasn't moved over to this standard. Well, the Apple I, uh, App Store has now hit its one-year anniversary. We've talked about it uh, many, many times. They've hit over 50,000 applications, had over 1 billion downloads, and they just hit one year this week, so they're doing pretty well. DataViz now confined to working on bringing the Documents to Go software to Palm's Web OS. Not confined, confirmed, excuse me. Uh, Palm's document solution of choice for over 10 years, of course, has been DataViz, and they will be releasing it, the documents to go for webOS later this year. I, I find documents to go definitely a necessity for the devices that are not Windows related because it, it gives you access to not only view, but also edit uh, documents and spreadsheets and, and present PowerPoint presentations. Uh, I think it's just a good thing that they're coming over with a version for the pre.
1: Absolutely. It was interesting that the Motorola Q9 cs from Sprint had uh, documents to go instead of the Microsoft apps
0: uh, built in the ROM. Yeah, that is a little interesting, isn't it? I, I, yeah. Surprising. Anyway, uh, documents to go uh, coming to the pre very, very soon. Well, enhanced Gmail could be coming to Blackberries before you know. Downloading an enhanced Gmail plugin for BlackBerry is the way that you'd be able to do it and it functions uh, in the way that you would expect from the desktop. It would allow you to see your Gmail-based emails in a conversation view. Uh, Also, adding and removing labels and stars on emails would be available. Also, archiving and reporting as spam actions from the mailbox management and searching your entire Gmail mailbox would be available. The version that's being used right now on the BlackBerry, for those that have it and use it, is essentially the same version that you'd find on any Java-based phone that's out there. It's not really specifically geared towards the BlackBerry, and it's a little bit lacking in the functionality. Granted, it's much better than going to the website, but it's not quite as good as I think what Gmail would like to have and what they have on devices such as Android. So look for something here very soon known as the Enhanced Gmail Plugin for BlackBerry. Well, XM Sirius has soared with their application in the iPhone App Store, topping out at the number one free download in the music category in iTunes, It's been downloaded more than 1 million times by people over the last month, and uh, that would be then including the, of course, $13 per month subscription service for the 120 channels that are available. 1 million downloads is obviously a very, very good goal, uh, or a good uh, uh, milestone that they've hit with this. Uh, A very, very popular application, yet doesn't have some of the, the simple things that we think it should have. And we've talked about this before. Why no Howard Stern? it uh,
1: it's it's just licensing issues. I'm sure that's the only reason. I, I think he did mention something briefly about it on uh, last. Maybe it was before the the vacation, but um, yeah, it, it's just licensing. They couldn't get it worked out, right?
0: And it's too bad because I know that's one of the main reasons a lot of people have the service is to be able to listen to Howard. It is, and and if that was the the
1: case when uh, Howard first joined in, um, in early O January of oh six uh, he wasn't on the web stream at all at that point, and it took uh, many months uh, for them to work out the licensing deal for him to be provided on the web stream as well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but nonetheless, still a million downloads, and if you go to the music area of iTunes, that's the first one that you're going to see. So they're doing very well. Well, the nearest tubes augmented reality application has come to the iPhone 3GS, and this one is really hard to describe on a podcast, but I'm I'm going to try. There's a demo uh, shown in a YouTube video and a link, of course, in the show notes that shows this application uh, where you launch it on your iPhone. It uses, obviously, the GPS that's built into the device to pull up the information of where you're actually located and then uses the compass to, to show where you are actually uh, facing and then the camera of the device to show what you're looking at. So looking at the screen of your iPhone, which is simply a camera view, It then pulls the information from the tube stations in London to tell you which one is closest to you. Uh, And and as you turn, it pulls up and pops up these different uh, tube stations that are around, and it shows them based on uh, proximity and lists them kind of in in a cascading version. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. You have to watch this video, Uh, especially if you're in London. This could be a definite uh, thing that you would need if you're not familiar with the underground system there. So really, really neat stuff. Uh, This augmented reality thing is just crazy. Anyway, uh, the Symbian PDK of Symbian version two is confirming the death of S60. Well, this is according to the Symbian Foundation blog. Symbian recently released the first PDK or Prodament product development kit for the Symbian 2. The PDK includes several tools for developers, including a full version of the Symbian OS and S60 OS, as well as bits of NTT Docomo's MoAP OS and Sony Ericsson's UIQ OS. These are the tools that developers and handset makers will need to bring Symbian 2 devices to market. uh, Further, the blog post author admits that uh, S60's brand will soon cease to exist and s sixty is, of course, the platform that Nokia uses for the e series and N series devices. Nokia itself has not said what platform it will use to replace s sixty and Symbian Two is the first major OS release by Symbian in the new configuration, which should be available to handsets in late two thousand nine or early two thousand ten. Symbian will then follow a six month release cycle with the Symbian uh, version three by the end of two thousand nine and so on so. Uh, I I'm, I'm, again, a Symbian is, uh, you know, certainly one of the biggest operating systems in the world. And especially outside of the US, the majority of uh, people that are using smartphones are picking Symbian devices over others. Uh, so definitely a big thing to, to hear about here. And we'll see what happens with the uh, with the S60 because of it. Blackberry app world now home to 2000 applications. RIM is pretty happy about that. Uh, of course, a uh, little bit lower than the 50,000 in the Apple I st- uh, iPhone App Store, uh, but nonetheless, 2,000 applications is a pretty good number uh, for those that are looking to pick up uh, applications for their BlackBerry devices. Mac's version of the missing sync for Palm Pre goes gold and is now available. If you've got a Macintosh and a Palm Pre, check out this $40 piece of software to help synchronize over your ringtones, office documents, video, podcasts, music, and photos plus of course contacts and calendars over wi-fi pretty neat to be able to do uh, with the mac well goodbye to the mi-fi and hello to the my why according to uh, a story here from gear diary they've uh, found a piece of uh, software on a jailbroken iphone 3g that allows for wi-fi tethering uh, to be done uh, for free uh, by creating a Wi-Fi hotspot, sharing your iPhone's 3G internet connection. Nothing new, just another piece of, uh, tech, uh, piece of software that does this. Of course, there are other ones out there like PDAnet that do this as well, So uh, as well as the unofficial official hacks that get you uh, able to tether your iPhone uh, to your, your uh, PC or Mac uh, via a USB or Bluetooth. So a couple different ways you can do it, but this one is just another way to do it. So if you've got a jailbroken iPhone, check out Why. Pandora is resolving a royalty dispute and could be changing their policy very soon here. Internet radio lovers will have some serious cause for celebration, of course, with Pandora announcing the resolution of the ongoing royalty dispute. Uh, it will keep the business uh, in, in ongoing, uh, but what does this mean for the user? Pandora has 90% of users that use the service pay no charge per month to use the service. The other 10% uh, use what's called Pandora One, uh, but stream more more than 40 hours per month. Uh, What they're going to do is give the user or the non-subscriber to the Pandora paid service a limit of 40 hours of streaming music per month, and then an additional 99 cents in order to continue streaming during that month. The 99 cents is obviously a very fair price. uh, But if you're listening to a a lot of music, you may want to go in and chip in for the $36 per year for the Pandora 1, which cuts out the limitations of the service and allows you to listen for an unlimited amount of time. Uh, Pandora, a very, very good service. Some other services out there that I've used that are similar to them, if you are not happy with this change, include uh, Slacker Radio and AOL Radio uh, that do very similar things. Well, WebOS 1.1 could be on its way to the Palm Pre uh, very soon, and the enhancements to it include uh, the following. They're looking to enhance the way that Exchange ActiveSync is working with the device, including IT-initiated remote wipes, a required pin when needed, pin complexity, which includes both numeric and alphanumeric pins, device wipe after a certain number of failed pin attempts, auto-lock after X minutes of inactivity, and improved digital certificates. The Palm Pre could be uh, getting the WebOS 1.1 update here within the next few months. We'll keep an eye on when this will happen.
1: And those are basically all uh, enterprise-related enhancements. I mean, they do help the general consumer, but uh, for the enterprise, those are requirements.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest, for someone who has lost a device in the past that's been attached to a, uh, an Exchange server or a BlackBerry Enterprise server, I guess as the case was. Uh, it is very, very good to have this available to you. Uh, it's a very simple process. Your IT department sends out basically a kill command to the device. It wipes it. It puts a message on the screen, whatever you want it to say. And basically all your data is then gone. Uh, you know obviously, the amount of time from when the device is missing to the, when the, the device is actually uh, wiped is you know, that's the critical period and if you know the sooner that you can get the device wiped, the better. Uh, but nonetheless, it's something that's very important to the enterprise market, and uh, I can say that I'm, I'm happy to see that the Web OS is going to be moving this way as well. So good news there for Palm pre users google's android to become more social speaking at an event in san francisco google's android or or, excuse me andy rubin who's the chief architect of the android os made sure to spell out the differences between google's recently announced chrome os for netbooks and the android mobile operating system chrome has a very web-centric view of the world and uh the web os uh excuse me Um, excuse me, the, uh, the different problems that were solved in the different categories of consumer products go like this. You need different technologies for different solutions. He pointed out that Android needs to do things such as manage battery life, keep calls connected as phones switch from cell to cell. And he also said that versions of Android are on the way that are named donut eclair and flan so we could be seeing some new versions of android out there as well as some new features that will better integrate with social networking services such as facebook and also social being the big push right now google is working to bring more billing methods to the android market which will entice developers to create applications for the mobile platform And finally, in software, Skyfire Beta for BlackBerry is now available for testers. The beta version 1.0.0.12304 is a pretty significant improvement over the alpha version. Uh, Patience, of course, is a virtue for those that are using the service. But some of the features that were added were new keyboard shortcuts, switching to Skyfire. You'll see a switch to Skyfire option when you load the BlackBerry browser. Text entry in thumbnail view, contextual zoom with camera corners, and faster zooming you'll get improved uh, ability to zoom and unlike the alpha 2 browser the page displays text at all zoom levels without any redrawing of the screen of course there's still some bugs but those that are looking for a way to watch flash content over their browser the Skyfire browser is a great way to do it moving on to questions and comments first one a question from ryan says mickey since the 3.0 update came out for the iphone i've tried three different a2dp headsets all with different results. Uh, I have a clear winner for me, and I wanted to share. And I also have a question. Number one was the Plantronics 855. This one was the one that I heard as a recommendation on the podcast. I thought it was a little strange, but a cool idea. Well, that was about it. All of the earplugs didn't fit my ears very well. I must have a weird ear canal size because I can never fit any Bluetooth headset except for the jawbone. Uh, but that is a different review. The sound quality was not good and I actually only gave them about a 10 minute try before I knew that they were not gonna work, put them right back in the box and sent them back to buy.com. They were $40 with free shipping. The Motorola S9-HD was the second version that I tried. Very cool, very sleek, very sporty. I loved every aspect about of the Bluetooth headset, but they killed my ears. So bad that it gave me a headache. Again, I tried all the different sized earpieces and nothing was comfortable. The sound was excellent. The volume was loud enough for a uh, for teen, and I just could use them for about 15 minutes before I had to take them off. They were 99 bucks at Best Buy. And finally, the Rocketfish RF-MAB2s. I think Rocketfish is a Best Buy brand. Uh, I really liked the Motorola Bluetooth headset, but I couldn't take the pain, so my second choice was the Motorola set. Or when I got the Motorola when I got the Motorola set was the Rocketfish. It's a little bit different. The earpieces go over the ears, unlike the Motorola set, which goes in the ear and the piece that goes around my head seems to to fit just fine. Uh, I will have to say that this one is perfect. The sound is amazing, and it is really comfy. All of these paired perfectly with my iPhone and my PC, but here's where the question comes in. Both the Motorola's and the Rocketfish uh, had controls on them, but not all of them worked. The volume buttons worked, the pause worked, the answer call button worked, and the track rewind and forward buttons did not work. I didn't give the Plantronics a try, so I'm not sure if they worked, Uh, but is there any way that I can get it to work? Will version 3.1 for the iPhone when that comes out fix it? It would be awesome if it did. So the clear winner for me was the Rocketfish. It's comfortable, sound was great, even at five different sound modes, sort of like an equalizer. Well, Ryan, we've done uh, just a little bit of research on this, and and Joey, you found a a link here over to the iPhone blog, which talks about a a review of all the different stereo Bluetooth headphones that are out there, and we'll link to this here so you can kind of see all the ones that they use, but but they kind of found this same issue where it wasn't working with all the controls.
1: Yeah, it looks like a lot of the comments of, of uh, readers of that uh, story have posted post the exact same uh, issue. So I would look for a fix from Apple, hopefully uh, very soon for that issue.
0: 3.1 is going to have a lot of fixes. I know Bluetooth is just the first implementation here in the 3.0 software, so I'm guessing they're going to be doing some fixes to that um obviously you haven't had the excuse me they've had bluetooth they haven't had a2dp is what they have had a2dp
1: yeah it it seems like every carrier uh with every phone it, it seems like the bluetooth never gets tested or something because you know i i even know with the centro at the first uh, firmware version uh the second release had bunches of bluetooth fixes mm-hmm. in it so i'm not sure why why this always seems to happen
0: and the uh the, the protocol that's being used over bluetooth is called avcrp and it doesn't seem that it's fully supported here with uh, what we're seeing with the headsets. And so that's, that's what it is. A2DP is the protocol that allows for the stereo streaming. And that AVCRP is what is giving you the ability to control uh, the different track uh, selection and whatnot. So hopefully we will see that in 3.1. But it's very interesting. Thanks for the, the mini review there on all those different ones. Great to hear what works and what doesn't work for you. Next one's a question, excuse me, a comment from Charles. He says, hey guys, my primary phone these days is the iPhone 3GS. I want to do some tethering uh, on the sly like I used to from time to time with my old Trio with PDA net and USB modem. Not crazy usage, just a couple of hours here and there etc. when they take the kids to the skate park for a couple of hours. Um, since the iPhone does not offer this yet, although I think there's a website that, that claims to enable it, I know it won't be a long-term solution because Apple will tattle to at and anytime I use the tethering. I currently pop the SIM out of the iPhone and drop it back into my non-3G Trio 650 and then crawl around the internet via Edge. It's never been very robust, and if I even get a few connections going simultaneously, it just drops. Now, with the Nokia E71X, I'd like to replace the Trio with that particular phone, and I'm looking add it because my wife's line is available for an upgrade and it can be had at Walmart for $59. It also is 3G, has Bluetooth, Wi-Fi and can run the Joiku spot so I can ditch a wire one way or another. The other benefit is one is one heck of a nice backup phone. So, will this work and will I be able to avoid getting hammered by AT&T for tethering? I think paying $30 a month for limited 5 gigabytes of data is almost robbery now, letting me let alone charging me more for using that same data slightly different. Looking at anyone's first-hand experience on this, so I'm not badly surprised at the end of the month. Thanks, your show kicks butt, Charles. All right, Charles, well, this is uh, obviously a question and a a comment there, but um, uh, yeah, the E71X, nice nice hardware there that they've brought out, they've just kind of rebranded it for AT&T. Um, but uh, the ability to pop in your SIM, launch that Joyku spot. There's a couple of different versions. There's a free version and there's a paid version. The free version will let you only do port 80 traffic, so that's web browsing uh, through that particular application. If you want to do other services such as um, uh, I think like Skype and uh, you know maybe FTP or stuff like that, you're going to have to go and get the paid version. Uh, but nonetheless, this is uh, it's a nice piece of software. Uh, I've I've used it on multiple different devices. I'm currently using it on the E75 that I. I have uh, to share my connection when I decide not to use the uh, iPhone and I want to share the Wi-Fi. I can do it that way and that works just fine. I use it on the E71. You're not going to get hammered with additional charges as long as you're reasonable, reasonable about it. What they will do though is they will take a look at your data and whenever they see a spike and let's say you're used to using you know, 100 to 500 you know, megs a month and all of a sudden you're using four gigs for three straight months, you may get contacted about it. I, I, I couldn't be for sure uh, tell you that you wouldn't be, but that's what I hear is that AT&T will contact you if you go in a strange pattern of usage from what you're, what you're normally used to for your data. That being said, you do have that five gigs. And as long as you understand that you're at five gigs and you monitor it through the AT&T website, you should be just fine. So, yep.
1: And I agree and that should be uh, a good solution for that problem.
0: I mean, what do you think, you know, the E, uh, E71 is a great device replacing that trio 650. He's got to pick something, uh, any other thoughts for him?
1: Yeah, because Cent- I wouldn't really recommend a central for that because it can't do three G. So um, I-, I that's probably a pretty good option. And the prices uh, you can't you-, you can't beat that price. That's unbelievable, really.
0: Fifty nine dollars. I mean, that's it. Really, doesn't get much better than that. So
1: no, not for not for that quality of device.
0: I paid four twenty five for it when I bought it, and that was less than twelve months ago. So,
1: and it's and it's still fully loaded uh, yeah it, it really is
0: absolutely it is so I, I highly recommend you taking a look at that one it's still one of the great devices in fact I, I bought this e75 just kind of a, a diversion here talking about uh, some of the devices that I've tried out recently the c75 that I've got is a is a really really powerful business device Um uh, for me though, I, I'm I'm still not really sure that a slide-out keyboard-style device is what works best. So I'm I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with it. So if you're uh, if you happen to be interested in it, let me know uh, because I'm gonna probably end up selling it anyway. Uh, but it's it's certainly. It's extremely powerful. All of these S60 devices, I'm just absolutely floored by how much standard comes with this device, whether it's the GPS and mapping applications that are built in to the podcasting application that allows you to set to have podcast automatically downloaded to your phone, uh, basically in the middle of the night uh, or whenever you have it set up and you can have it so that it's constantly, you know, connected to Gmail via, you know, IMAP idle, or it's constantly, uh, you know, asking you what connection you want to go to, because maybe you've got a prepaid plan, and you don't have all that much data. I mean, it's, it's, it's so robust in what they've done, I'm just absolutely just blown away by by Symbian at basically every turn. Um, that being said, you really for the E75, you really have to want that slide-out keyboard. It's got the front-facing you know, 12 key on it where you can dial phone numbers, uh, but if you're doing any sort of text entry, you've got to slide it open. Um, but anyway, I'll give you a deal on it if you want it. Give me, uh, give me an email if you want to uh, to get into that a little bit more. So, But we'll move on here. Question from Antonio says, Hi there, I'm Antonio from Portugal. I just listened to the last show. Thanks for having, uh, taking the time to read my question, although it looks like I wasn't very clear. Let me explain my request again, uh, doing a comparison with Windows Mobile's syncing system. When I had a Windows Mobile device, I used to sync my Outlook contacts, calendar, tasks, and email through the desktop using the USB cable or Bluetooth. This is what I call offline mode. Then throughout the day, I was able to see my non-urgent emails from my friends like videos or others without spending any over-the-air data. Uh, this can sound strange as to you guys in the US because you have unlimited data plans at a reasonable price. We don't have that option here yet. And because the plans for me are extremely expensive or restrictive, they limit you to the amount of 100 or 200 megabytes. I hope you can understand the process. Now my question is, how can I do what I'm doing on my Windows mobile device on the Nokia E90? Because I can only sync my Outlook contacts and calendar through my desktop using the PC suite, but not my Outlook email. I've already Googled it googled it, and come up with no results. Great show. Love to listen to you guys.
1: Well, I, you know, I've got the, the... The Palm OS used to do that as well. I used to have this uh, app called Email, and it, it did just that. It would offline sync um, the email, where I could reply, read it, uh, everything at my leisure with, you know, obviously no data connection. This was on a Palm Pilot. Um, And of course it could do the calendar sync and the contact sync. Um, But Palm did remove that a number of years ago. And uh, you can still do the calendar and contact sync, but not the email sync, which it really disappointed me in the last device that I had, um, my uh, i500, because that would have been uh, very nice to have on that because I did not have a data plan on that one.
0: Yeah. And so you weren't really able to ever see email on the device. I mean, unless you were, you know, doing that sync. Okay, Okay, so so I've got a couple of things here. Um, Basically, this is not possible as far as I know with the current implementation of the uh, the Nokia PC suite and uh, your, your device. From what I'm seeing here, I'm, I'm referencing an article from the Symbian Guru that is uh, from. It's a post from one of the administrators of the site. It's a very reputable site, and it's actually from just a couple of months ago. So uh, I'm going to say that it's it's not possible at this point. It's it's really unfortunate, uh, but you're not going to be able to do that. However, I do have a workaround for you that I want you to possibly try. I, you should, should be able to set up your email accounts on that device and do what you're looking to do over Wi-Fi. I'm hoping you have a Wi-Fi connection or have access to a free one somewhere because then what you can do is you can go into the mail program and do a download of the messages and you can have it set up to download just headers. Or you can download, again, this goes back to how flexible Symbian is. You can have it download, you know, the full message, the message with the attachments, you know, whatever it is, and you can have it all on that device and you can do it uh, like I said, over Wi-Fi. Now you're not then, t- you know, get tying into your uh, uh, you, your data plan, and you're not going to end up with any of that. On the flip side, you can set it up to only download headers and to install your, your basically download your email with the headers only. And then maybe when you get back to a Wi-Fi, then you could open up the email and actually download the full thing. Because a header is what, Joey, maybe, you know, a couple of K, I mean, it's not much, no,
1: it's very tiny. Yeah,
0: so that that would be what I would recommend trying to do, and and hopefully that's helpful. Um, but it does not look like you're going to be able to do it. Unfortunately, it's just it's a it's a pity. Um, you know, you can do it with Windows Mobile, but you know, like Joey says, it's it's something that Palm doesn't allow either. So, and maybe there is a piece of software that someone knows that allows you to do it. I'm just saying the easiest way to do it would be to to do it over Wi-Fi. Um, It's funny that you mention it because I was kind of doing a similar thing with this E75. I've got the SIM from uh, MaxRome still. And uh, it's it's basically almost completely out of credit, but it allows for uh, at least phone calls to ring through. And I can and I set it up with my Google Voice number and allow for when phone calls um, do come through, they do ring on that one too. So if for some reason one of my the phone that it rings through on doesn't ring, I can at least see that a call came through. Or whatever, I'm just anal like to have lots of different backups. And Joey's rolling his eyes at me because he knows. He knows. Anyway, so, but what I was doing with the uh, the Gmail is basically using it where it would connect only to, or it would ask me to connect to a Wi-Fi, or let me see, let me back up. It says, ask uh, on on connection or something like that, and it would ask me every time what I wanted to connect to, and I could choose to have it connect to the 3G and to connect through the Rom SIM, or I could choose the Wi-Fi hotspots that were around, whether it's my work, office, out and about, whatever it was. And that's how I downloaded the email and it works great. And uh, for me, it's Gmail. And even when you're on a Wi-Fi spot, it's still iMap idle. So you you get your phone on, you, you, know, you connect up, uh, you get an email, you reply. If someone replies right back, it beeps through right away. It's push Gmail. It's fantastic. So um, I, I would just, I would take a look at some of your other options. I know it's not the way that you wanted to do it, but maybe check that one out. So that's my recommendation on it. Anyway. A question that came in from Twitter from user Admiral AK says, Hey, Mickey, are you using a Google Voice application on your iPhone? If so, can you mention any recommendations in the next cell phone junkie? Thanks in advance. Well, uh, I am indeed using an application and I'm doing a, a couple of different things here. So let me explain two ways of doing what I do. Number one, of course, the easy way to do it, going into Safari, going to google.com slash voice brings up the mobile Google Voice interface. And from there, I'm able to easily uh, go into my inbox, my contacts, uh, looking at uh, sent and received phone calls, missed calls, all that kind of thing. So this is how I usually do it. I go into like say my contacts, I pull up Joey, I click on Joey, and then I simply click on the, either call or SMS, and that's how I do it. And it's it's all done through the browser. That being said, there are certain times when I decide to go into a program that I downloaded for free called GV Mobile free and this program allows you to do a couple of different things uh primarily though is make phone calls and what you do is it brings up a keypad on the screen you can dial the phone hit call and based on how you set up the application it can either ring uh it'll ring whatever phone you have by default to ring uh there is a paid version of this as well that goes even further in to sync to uh, synchronization with the google voice uh uh, web app and it allows you to pull down all your text messages. So in the application, you can send and receive your text messages. You can see all your call lists. You can see actually your voicemail in a visual fashion. It's really cool. It, it kind of takes visual voicemail and brings it to Google voice on the iPhone. I think it's only like three bucks or something like that. Um, I'm, I i do not get a lot of these things. I'm, I'm, so it's not a, a real big deal for me, but if you check out the free version, GV Mobile, try it out, see if it works for you, and you know, give the developer the three bucks or whatever it is. And if it, you know, it's something that you want to use. Uh, but anyway, those are the ways that I would do it. That's what I would recommend. Um, Google Voice, it's a great service. A, a lot of people are getting it now. Had a, a friend of mine get it this week. Uh, got to pick his number, got his area code and the last four digits uh, that he wanted, and so it was just the middle three that were the only three that were different from his existing mobile number which is crazy when you think about it basically almost the exact same number so very cool um next one here uh is a question this is actually the final question this week and it's from caesar says hello mickey and joey i'm writing to you from mexico joey we got a lot of international people this week this is kind of fun says i was listening to your podcast and let me say that i enjoy them a lot thank you for all your effort and hard work and congratulations i'm sure that you have a lot of followers not only in the u.s but a lot of countries around the world I am writing this because I would like a recommendation. I currently have a GSM phone, the iPhone 3G, and despite that I like it a lot, I only use it to access the internet when there is a Wi Fi signal around, and that doesn't always happen. A lot of the functions on the iPhone make sense only if you have your device connected to the network. But for me, data plans here in Mexico and those offered by the two GSM carriers that are here are ridiculously expensive. It sounds like what we just read. And uh, they are very limited. Uh, but we also have a CDMA carrier. I remember Mickey telling me that in a show, he had signal in uh, from on his CDMA phone when he brought it here to Mexico when he was on a trip. That's because we have a CDMA operator here as well. And that is a good memory by Caesar because that trip was done in the summer of 2006 so that's over three years ago that he remembers me talking about that so that that's good anyway uh he says that cdma car- carrier offers very good data plans but through the years something has prevented me from switching to cdma the available phones i don't know but i think most of the innovation has been on the gsm side however i have been thinking in getting a cdma phone for data only while keeping my gsm uh, phone for voice and i would like to know what you would recommend. I've seen a lot of Trios, namely the 650, 750P, uh, 750W, Centro, and Trio Pro, as well as HTC devices and some other feature phones. I'm also between a Palm Centro and the Trio Pro but I do know what Joey, I think, is going to recommend. I have used Windows Mobile before, and despite the flaws, I've managed to get used to it and use it to the advantages. I've never, however, used Palm OS, so I'm not sure. The Pro has a lot of features, namely Wi-Fi and GPS, but it is more twice expensive as the Centro. The Centro is cheaper, simpler, but lacks the two things that sometimes are advantages. I would like to use the phone mainly for web browsing. Skyfire on Windows Mobile is very good for that instant messaging, and sometimes voice over IP with Skype. I don't know if there's a Skype client out there for Palm OS. What would you guys recommend? Thanks for reading and for the show, Caesar. All right. Well, uh, a lot to kind of digest there, but really the bottom line is, is what is he? what do we recommend, Joey, between the Trio Pro and the Central? I'll let you go first.
1: Well, of course, I would say Palm OS the Centro. Um, unfortunately, it does not meet all of uh, your needs as far as the Skype. I, I don't believe there's a Skype client for Palm OS. I I, I, I I doubt there is. I'm I'm not you know 100% certain, but I don't think so. Um, web browsing on it, it's not like an iPhone. Uh, I find Blazor, the built-in web browser to be it, it meets 98 97% of my web browsing needs. Uh, obviously, flashlights don't work with it. But as far as every other site goes, I can use it um, with the combination of of changing the wide page mode versus the uh, optimized uh, mode on the, the sites. Uh, I can basically navigate everything I need to and get all the information I do need. So it, it works great for me. Um, as long as you can get the you know an EVDO connection on there, um, it, it's obviously yeah, pretty fast uh, EVDO Rev zero uh, downloading in that regard. Uh, but to me, the, the the Palm OS is just it's quick and dirty. It, it's fast. It's responsive. Um, I have a couple of people I know that have moved from Windows mobile devices and uh, to the Centro and have enjoyed the experience uh, uh, much more using their mobile phone for, you know, PDA functions and web browsing and just overall phone experience.
0: And I'm going to be on the flip side of that. And I'm going to say that the Trio Pro is uh, is a, probably what I would recommend for you just simply because you know you're talking about the 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 features that you're looking for and for web browsing Skyfire is very very nice on Windows Mobile and and the Wi-Fi that's built in plus the GPS does a real nice job of giving you a very well rounded device the camera is a little bit lacking on it especially for a pro device it's a two megapixel camera it's a little disappointing uh, but nonetheless it, it has a lot of good features on it instant messaging of course Windows Mobile has a ton of different Windows uh, or instant messaging applications that are available for it. Voice over IP with Skype, I've done tests. I've, I've done samples on the show in the past of, of how well it works. If you're doing voice over IP, even over the 3G network, it works just fine. Um, so I would say that would be a very nice thing to do. And if you're familiar with Windows, I mean, it, I would say definitely you know keep it in mind. Uh, the Trio Pro is a nice device. You can get them either through your, your carrier um, or well, you're talking about CDMA. So it's going to be through the carrier there is what, how you're going to want to get it. I was going to say, if you wanted to get a GSM version of it, you can get it uh, unlocked. The price just came way down on Palm's website. So there's, there's an option there as well. But um, I would say probably go with that one just based off the short, you know, kind of information that you gave us there on which you're going to use your device for. I, I think that's what would make you happy. So that's, that's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, the the problem is it's it's hard to compare them side by side because yeah, the Trio Pro has a ton more features, um, but it is Windows Mobile. Uh, the hardware is gorgeous, mm-hmm. uh, e- even compared to the Centro. Um, yeah, it it is a t- it is a tough comparison.
0: Yeah, just take a look at both of them side by side. I would say even go in and just spend some time with them. Um, Palm is you're gonna not coming from the operating system. You're going to have a learning curve. You're going to have to understand. There's going to be some frustration. You're going to, you know, be trying to figure out where things are, why this doesn't do this. Um, I was a Palm user for many years, and then I went away from it for eight years, and then I had a Centro for a while last year. And at, like the first three days, I thought I was going to throw it through the window because I just, I, it was so different than what I was used to. It was Windows at the time, and it was just so different. Uh, so I would, uh, I would say, just give it time if that's the way that you choose to go, because you'll, you'll certainly be able to uh, do a lot with it as Joey can attest. I mean it's a very powerful device. there's you know a lot of different applications for it. I mean, you know, application support for what 10, 15 years going back. So great stuff there. But um, anyway, just keep yourself you know open and, and look at both of them and try and do a feature by feature comparison of what you're really going to use and why you're making that switch. And I'm sure you'll make a good decision. That's that's pretty much the bottom line. So, and again, no one device is right for everybody. So please don't think that you, you know, because I said one thing, Joey says another, that there's not another device that's not good for you out there, too. So well, that's it for today. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call to 206-203-3734, or send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, I actually talked about, I think it was last week, that we're going to have a giveaway this week. We're going to push that off to next week, so make sure you come back for next week's show. Uh, It's a great uh, great thing we've got here from the folks over at Richard Solo. So until then, Joey, thanks very much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.